podcast talking all things health technology and NHS IT. Welcome to Digital Health Unplugged. Hello and welcome to a special cybersecurity episode of Digital Health Unplugged, brought to you in partnership with SpecOps. I'm your host, Jordan Soloff, news reporter at Digital Health. I just want to first apologise for the poor audio you're about to hear on my part and the laptop linked to my AirPods rather than my usual microphone. So I can only apologise for that. The audio, however, of our special guest is loud and clear, which is the most important thing. So without further ado, let's jump straight into it. I'm delighted to be joined today by Darren James, Head of Internal IT and product specialist at SpecOps. Darren, how are you? Very well, thanks, Jordan. Nice to be here. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for agreeing to come on. Um, first of all, could you give listeners a little bit of background about your career, how you got to where you are today? And for those that maybe don't know, could you explain a little bit about what SpecOps is and what you do? Absolutely. So um, my career in IT spans around, well, I'm going to be old now, 30 years. Um, so uh, right from, you know, working on a service desk at, at the beginning of my career, well, I suppose even before that, I was always into video games and, uh, you know, uh, playing PC games. So I got my sort of networking teeth um, as, uh, uh, playing Doom all, all, the, all those years ago. Uh, went into a service desk role. And from there, I've worked in all sorts of different shapes and sizes um, of organization from multinational energy companies to very well-known uh, high street retailers. Um, uh, and now I'm uh, I'm working for uh, Spec Ops or Outpost 24 Group, as we we now are. So, um, so yeah, uh, my role has been um, cybersecurity probably for the last 20 years out of those 30. Um, Specialising in um, Windows Active Directory, as kind of that was the the key system um, that everybody used all those years ago, and still really uses very much today. But obviously, that now expands into Azure and the cloud and all of those sorts of things as well. So, um, so yeah, that's that's me. What does SpecOps do, or Outpost Twenty Four do? Uh, Outpost Twenty Four um, is a conglomerate of companies. Um, they provide uh, uh, cyber uh, uh, threat tools, uh, so risk-based vulnerability management, uh, threat intelligence um, uh, uh, software. And what SpecOps does is really to improve uh, your passwords in Active Directory. So um, so whether that's or handling password problems in general. So whether that's uh, improving the quality and the hygiene of your passwords, whether you want to move to pass phrases instead of password one with a capital P as your uh, as your password on and then changing it to the equally good password two with a capital p uh, which is what microsoft gives you we can improve um, that scenario so we can block you know 3.6 billion passwords breach passwords we can help you move to passphrases all of those sorts of things that have become very important to lots of organizations not just the nhs over the last few years so um so yeah and well and of course self-service password reset all of those sorts of things, MFA, uh, we can help you with all of that as well. Brilliant. And um, yeah, we're going to focus on obviously cybersecurity and healthcare in this episode yeah. and how, how it remains a key issue for the NHS. And as we know, cyber threats are still a concern to the NHS and wider healthcare sector with 
kind of ransomware phishing, social engineering being primary threats that the NHS, I suppose, contends on a daily basis. And a huge story for us last year, our biggest story of 2022, in fact, was the advanced cyber attack that kind of started in early August and the effects are still being felt in places. And that's where we're going to begin. So obviously we had the, the WannaCry ransomware attack in 2017. Yep. Did you, um, Darren, ever expect that one day another large-scale attack like the advanced one would happen and it would have such a direct impact on the healthcare system, impacts which are still being felt today almost nine months later? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, um, it was only a matter of time before another attack happened. Uh, and yeah, um, it, it, it's going to happen again at some point. Um, supply chain attacks like the one on advance are becoming more and more uh, prevalent. Um, the ta- and also the tactic of double extortion, which is again what was used in advanced, where they both encrypt your data and want you to pay for that, but also steal your data and say, if you don't pay us, we're going to release it to the internet. Um, that's a, 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 like a, a golden ticket, if you like, uh, and really does increase the incentive for cyber cr- criminals to keep trying these sorts of attacks in the future. So, yeah, um, unfortunately, um, it's going to keep happening. It is, yeah. And um, in terms of the cyber landscape, particularly cyber and healthcare, what are the most common types of cyber threats that the NHS is facing kind of all the time? Because I'd imagine there aren't just one or two types of attack. No. Um, well, I mean, we, we, from my company perspective, we obviously work on the password problem. Um, so the NHS is, what, 1.4 million people, I think, work directly for the NHS. And then you've got suppliers and private contractors involved in that. We're probably talking double that amount of, uh, of staff that have direct access to NHS data. That's a lot of people. Um working across multiple systems. There's also budgetary constraints that the NHS faces. We all know the NHS is uh, always strapped for cash. Um, so really cyber um, or threat actors pr- prey on on those facts. They go, okay, so the system's under pressure, the, the, the budgets are low. We can do really basic things like even um, attack poor uh, credentials. So poor passwords. So this is where we see a lot of uh, NHS um, organisations come talk to us about improving their password hygiene. Because just by improving the basics, implementing MFA, getting stronger passwords than password one with a capital P, or, uh, you know, um, NHS one, two, three, four, five, as your uh, your password, getting rid of those sorts of things can be really important to to, uh, just cover off those really basic levels. But, you know, on top of that, um, the NHS is really a critical infrastructure, just like utilities and broadband is today. The nation relies on that service. So um, we need to, or the NHS needs to uh, really work on um, having uh, good things like good backups, good contingency plans in place. And we recently heard a, a lot about that at the um, Rewired conference in London. Um, so, so I think you know they 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 recognise this, or certainly certain areas of NHS Digital recognise this, and they need to get that out to uh, the 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 rest of the IT 
um, departments in all of those different NHS trusts. And I believe also working collaboratively, um, uh, the NHS uh, uh, cyber uh, boards can come together and uh, and share resources as well. So again, get the basics right, uh, then work on things like supply chain attacks and you know making sure your suppliers are all up to speed uh, and you do your due diligence on your suppliers, make sure they're accredited, what are their password policies like. All of those things are really, really important. And that's it's a, it's a you, you asked me quite a simple question, but it's such a huge answer. Uh, it is, yeah. It's difficult and, to to cover it all. But, absolutely, uh, yeah. But, and but, yeah. I think you, you kind of nicely answered my next question as well, which was kind of what can the NHS learn from previous attacks and I suppose, is there anything else that comes to mind in terms of top tips and kind of best practice, I guess, for protecting not just health organisations, but patients as well? Yeah, I mean, I suppose I've already, you're right, I've all kind of already answered it. But the, the advanced attack was essentially a supply chain attack. Um, therefore, attacking an external company that does work on the NHS's behalf. Um, but it's important really when the NHS does purchase services and software that they do do that due diligence um, on those companies so make sure as I said they are accredited they've got you know ISO 27001 or um, make sure that they've had recent pen tests and are happy to show you their uh, the, the results of those pen tests as well um, how do they vet their staff? What are their password? What are their password policies like? You know, do they use MFA for access to their systems? Um, do they outsource the development or any of their services uh, to any maybe undesirable countries uh, potentially? Um, so uh, that that can't be trusted potentially. Uh, and also, do they back up their data? Do they test it? So all of the same things that the NHS should be asking of, the, of the, themselves, they also need to ask that of their suppliers as well. Yeah. And um, as you said at Rewired, there was a talk about kind of contingency plans. You know, when I, I hear a lot of talk about how the health sector can try and prevent cyber attacks. But if we almost certainly know that there'll be another attack in the future, do you think the NHS needs a kind of stronger emergency contingency plans in place for when they do happen to react to them rather than trying to prevent them yeah i mean contingency is vital it, it will happen um it's not when or no, sorry it's not if we'll get we're going to get attacked again it's going to be when um and I, I think the the icb we i think it was uh, the cheshire and merseyside icb gave a talk at uh, the Rewired conference where they said, you know, there's a whole group of trusts and NHS organisations that pull their resources, talk to each other. Um, you know, it's it's quite hard for the NHS to compete with a lot of private industries to get the very best cyber um, uh, CISOs and, and cyber security experts. But if they can pull their resources and work with each other, um, then they've, they've got a, they're going to put themselves in a much better standing when the inevitable does actually happen. So I think that was a really positive um, message that uh, that the, the Cheshire and Merseyside um, organisation put out. You know, and also there's no need to um, to recreate the wheel if one of your other NHS trusts has gone out and purchased some services and done that due diligence kind of for you. 
talk to them and say, yeah, what was your experience like with these this particular company? Did you know? Did you do all of that those checks? Yeah, we did all of those checks. Brilliant. Then you don't necessarily have to do them. I'd probably still do them a few of them myself. Like show me some more recent pen test reports, but hopefully not many things have changed. So yeah, work together, pull your resources, learn from each other, and then hopefully you're being um, a better spot when the next event does kick off. Absolutely, yeah. Do you, do you think there'll never become a point where we can safely say that well, the threat of cyber attacks on the health system is next to nothing? Or as you said, is that, is that sense of inevitability, especially as kind of NHS introduces more technology and we have more systems, digital becomes even more prominent, is it is then never going to be a time where there's no threat? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, in our ever more connected society, uh, there'll always be a threat. Um, those threats might change, um, but we're always playing catch up as a, from a, um, a cybersecurity company's perspective. Um, we're always trying to see what the next threat's going to be and, and come up with our way of, of, uh, of dealing with those threats. But it's very, very difficult. And we've seen with the advent of AI, we, we've all heard about chat GPT and AI, you know, um, art and, and all of that stuff in the last few months and how how that's suddenly um, appearing on the scene. Um, that can be used for positive purposes, but it can also be used for negative purposes as well. You can even ask ChatGPT to write you some malware, um, for instance. Uh, so uh, and and also we need to consider that the speed of computing is increasing as well. So the the, the ability to crack passwords, for instance, uh, or billions of passwords uh, per second um, is available on a regular gaming PC these days with a fancy graphics card in it. Uh, you can crack billions of, uh, of password hashes per second. So making sure you again, you've got stronger passwords, longer passwords, ideally not necessarily more complex um you know that it's it's that sort of thing it's it's always playing catch up so um, yeah unfortunately we're, we're never going to be in that utopia where uh, no one's going to be attacking anybody yeah uh, it, it's just not going to happen absolutely um the government recently released its kind of cyber strategy for health and social care it kind of set out how it will work with health and adult social care organizations and yep. the supply chain to achieve cyber resilience across the sector no later than 2030. Is this a realistic target or is it maybe not ambitious enough considering that's seven years away? And do you think there's been enough national policy in recent years around cyber defence, especially in the health and care sector? Uh, yeah, um, well, no, there there hasn't been enough attention to it. But again, you've got to face reality. As we said earlier, it's a huge organisation, the NHS. It's fragmented into all of the different trusts. You've got NHS Digital pushing it from one side. You've got the, the, the trust zone um, uh, limitations uh, with human resources as well as budgetary resources. Um, there's a lot of, of, of uh, fingers in those pies, if you like. So it's very, very difficult um, for it to get the attention that it needs. And still a lot of people think, oh, it'll never happen to me. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, along with tighter controls and greater government oversight, 
um, it also raises concerns around privacy and freedom. So it's a very difficult path for the government to uh, to you know dictate and navigate through. And also they're going to be extremely slow to react because when you le have to legislate for new threats or um, uh, you know leg trying to legislate on AI, for instance, when it's a global system. How, how does a single government or a single NHS organisation try and cope with those types of threats? It's very, very difficult. Um, so no, in answer to your question, I don't think there's enough national policy. 2030, uh, it'd be great if they get it all done by then, but seeing as the, some NHS organisations are still running Windows XP, uh, because. Uh, whether that's realistic or not would i like it done before 2030 yes i'd like like it done tomorrow but again you've got to be realistic about these sorts of things but it's certainly um very very important to try and make sure because again the sensitivity of the data that the nhs handles um it's very important that we we try and uh, and the fact that we all rely on it so much it, it's uh, it's very important that we take these threats seriously and um, a bit of a hard question, next release. I'm asking you to, to predict the future, which another, if, I mean, it'd be great if some Let me form a crystal ball. I'll hold on for a second. <laughs> That's what we need, isn't it? Um, but I mean, in terms of cybersecurity and healthcare, obviously it's very hard to predict. So, what do you think could happen in terms of further attacks? Could we see an attack on the kind of same scale as advanced, or is there, an, is there another level of attack where there could be an even worse impact than the advanced one coming up in the next few years, do you think? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's difficult to answer. Um, you never know what's going to happen in the future. Again, it, it's one of those things that I get asked quite a lot. And I still come down to, well, just do the basics, right? So typically people are going to be, why are they attacking you? Well, they want to get access to your data and either and extort money from you somehow extort funds from you somehow um most of it most of those attacks are financially motivated certainly advanced one was and again with the geopolitical climate as it is right now and everybody's finances not just the nhs but everybody's finances uh, being strained after uh, the covid pandemic money's tight and and also you know war in ukraine and everything else um everybody's after money so whether it's a nation state uh, nation state attack or it's just a criminal gang trying to steal your money they the the nhs is a great target for that so get the basics right make sure you've got strong passwords make sure your backups work make sure you've got strong contingency plans that's really it um do all the things that we just talked about Talk to your colleagues in other NHS trusts, see what they're doing, see if it works for you. Do your due diligence on suppliers and service providers that you work with. Um, but it's getting those basics right. You can't predict everything that's going to happen. You'll never get any sleep at night. You'll end up having a heart attack. But bad things, there are bad people out there. Bad things will happen just try and be as prepared as possible because let's face it if someone does encrypt all your data if you've got a good backup you can tell them to jog on restore your backup hopefully you've tested that backup and it does the restore actually works so again that's another important thing to do and away you go um, but again it's making sure that all of your suppliers and service providers 
can uh, uh, are doing the same thing as well particularly if you're and uh, you're uh, handing off your data to those people as well yeah really well said um final question then and this is a little bit of a sum up and again you've, you've kind of told us a lot of things already about kind of what the nhs needs to do and to change but i suppose what are your main kind of hopes and aspirations for cyber security in our health system and what do you think is the i suppose the as we said, the attacks are inevitable, so we can never get to a level of zero threat. But what do you think is the ultimate ambition or level to get to where you could kind of safely say we're in almost the best position we could be? And how long do you think that could take? Um, hmm. uh, I don't. Uh, it's one of those things where you don't want to come across too negative. <laughs> yeah, I suppose also... Um, there's, there's always something more you could do as well, I suppose. I'm not sure there's there's ever really an ultimate level to get to. No, I mean, th- this is it. It's such an ever-changing scenario. You're buying new systems all the time, which open up new threats. The, the world is becoming ever more connected. Um, you know, we're moving from paper records, patient records, to digital paper records, which... Conversely, are easy to steal, um, but more convenient and more efficient for for staff to use and patients to use. So, where you where you make improvements in efficiency in one area, you increase risk in other, and it's always going to be a balance. Um, you know, for, for me and working for Spec Ops, I hope everybody has a brilliant password, <laughs> and we can <laughs> at least put that one to bed. Um, uh, but you know, looking at it from a from a wider perspective, um, it's just really trying to make sure that uh, you've got the, the just all the right pieces in place. Uh, and again, it comes back to every, everything that we've been talking about over the over all those other questions that you've asked. Making sure that you do the basics right, and that you've got one eye on the on the future and if you see something happening to one company not just an NH, another nhs organization you hear about an attack on a bank or a, a or a government another government agency take note of and think about what sort of impact that might have on your organization if a similar attack occurred on your organization even you know things like awareness training for staff is really really important I know there's lots and lots of different types of, of, of people who have different um, levels of computer skills within the NHS. But, you know, basic stuff like, uh, you know, being careful what links you click on in emails, you know, phishing attacks is still really, really common. Um, and, and the tactics that bad actors might use to trick you into clicking on that link. Um, you know, just getting that sort of basic level of of training out to people and whether that's you know down to individual nhs trusts and it teams to do or whether it's down to the ncsc and the government to do uh, or both really just try and get it ingrained into people that these are real threats it will happen to you or one of you, a member of your family and and try and be prepared for it and you know use it in your personal life as well as your your working life um yeah, I, I can't really say what's the ultimate ambition. Um, you know, we all want peace and love everywhere, uh, but unfortunately, human beings are, uh, yeah, I think, I think are, that's, are a little that's, bit. That's a bit of a pipe dream, a fairy tale. That one. I think, it, but... it is. 
Yeah, I think unless we get invaded by aliens and we all have to team together <laughs> as uh, as one great global uh, conglomerate, um, I don't think we're going to get very far uh, uh, with that. But um, but yeah, just just be prepared and don't think it'll never happen to you because it more than likely will. Yeah. Really nicely said there, and um, sadly, contended episodes which flew by, but I know cybersecurity is a is a hot topic. It's one of my kind of favourite topics I suppose in 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 my job really in health and care and, it, and it's because it's ever changing it's not a topic that's ever going to go stale is it no uh, security I think it's going to be in the news a lot and I mean usually more negatively than positively but um yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, sure, I'm sure we'll see a lot more about it in the coming year and the year or two exactly I mean as I said with the with the dawn of AI uh nearly yeah. upon us um then uh we've got to look at the positives and the negatives that that sort of technology can bring. Um, so that's going to be a really interesting topic to keep an eye on in the future. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, ransomware as a service. So you can go off to the dark web and buy ransomware now and have someone distribute it for you. So you, they just take a commission off what you earn. So, yeah, there's it, the world's a scary place um you know there's a lot of hope out there but there's a lot you need you need to have both eyes open and and be prepared for the worst as well yeah you really do um but yeah all i can say thank you very much darren for taking the time to come to show up unplugged my pleasure uh, jordan it's um, good yeah. to meet you yeah good to meet you too um thank you very much everyone for listening thank you to spec ops this was podcast brought in partnership with them Um, We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. Until then, take care. Thank you for listening to Digital Health Unplugged. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favourite podcast platform. And to find out about our latest news and events, head to our website, digitalhealth.net.